Hey, bookworms, this is Megan coming at you with a Cantina Conversation. Today's episode is actually a repost, a re-release of a previous interview that I did um, when I was part of the uh, Nerd Cantina show podcast. And the reason that I am reposting this as part of the Cantina Book Club podcast is because it, this interview is with... It, yeah, when he saw, I was like, no, I was like, you. when I was finished, I was like, you got, you, you should read it. You'll love it. Like you... <laughs> so I, cause he, I think it's like, he, he's one of those people who's like, oh, you had me at dragons. Like he, he's one of those, like, like your, uh, your agent, your editor who you pitched to. Like, yeah. Dragons. Like dragons. Like, dragons. Like, <laughs> I was like, really? Dragon? Okay. All right. Cool. Like it was like the fourth pitch. Like I was like, get this idea, this idea, and this idea, which is always funny. Cause I'm like, how do you expect others to have like five ideas? Just really <laughs> right. But we do. We just like go to our club like, time in the shower and have this idea. I th- I find that's really common for some authors who like um an example is Charlie and Holmberg where I actually she's got like such she has so many books and like it like she's just so prolific and it seems like a lot like she just has a lot of unique ideas and I think that's just like how your guys's brain works it's just like well no how about this or where can we go with this or like you know or you see just examples in everyday life where you're just like Oh, like what if what if that uh what are that what is that married couple gonna you know you you walk by you see them in the window like what are they gonna go to next like what would this person you know like what's that life what, what that's a possibility so I totally that's not on uh, that's not strange to me just from after speaking to so many people uh with your in your profession we jump around I think yeah. like <laughs> and it comes from most unlikely so, so I wrote an entire book because I got really pissed at Sanditon. Like the BBC show. I got so pissed at the ending of the first season of Sanditon that I wrote an entire book. Like legit. It's called The Things Leave Unfinished. Um, and I was lucky enough that it got picked up on TikTok as you like went viral and sold out everywhere. And I was like, book is two years old. Cool. But right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and fourth wing, besides the dragons and the forest proximity, which is like where it's at, I was really inspired by like by current events and um by what people are allowed to know. Does that make sense? Like, like who controls our, our history books and who controls what's being taught to the next generation. And yes. Yeah. And, and when is it okay to edit things out? And when is, when is it not? And when is it, especially because my degree is in history. So that's like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a history, I'm a history nerd. And that was just very, very important to me, like going through like not just, you know, because it could be just a dragon writing academy book and you have, they're fun and they're super fun, but the overarching yeah. meaning of, of what do we actually allow people to know is what came from current events. Like you can be yeah. watching a documentary and you're like, yeah. this is great or this is, you know, so our brains are, our brains are written. I'm worst case scenario too. Cause I'm like, oh, I wonder how that could go wrong. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then I write it. Yeah. Like, Cause oh. it's like, yeah, when you have like a war college going on, it's like, you know, you, there's, you can't have war or military without like some political like layer in there because it's just so, they're so entwined. Um, and you know, with the people calling the shots and the implications and like, why is this the method that they're teaching these things? Like, why are, what are they teaching us? What are they not teaching us? What are they choosing? You know, things all, right. all of that. Like there's so many implications in that. So it totally makes sense that you added that extra layer and it just made it the book more sophisticated, even if it added like, you know, an extra hundred pages to oh, it. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Like all the time. I'm like, well, I have to layer that in. And I'm really like, I, I put a lot of, um, like, you know, Chekhov's guns, right? Like put guns on the table and you got to pull the trigger for plot points. And my editor's like, you, like the first draft she's like you pulled every trigger it's like wait but <laughs> like, no, no, we gotta save them for like books two and three and it's like oh 
Right. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's cool. That's fine. But whenever I edit, like I turned the book in at 154,000 words, um, which is, you know, I usually write like 130 in contemporary because I usually write really twisty, emotional, screw you up kind of books. And this one, as I go through edits, I just keep adding. Like, I don't think I'm taking out. I'm like, oh, I need an emotional beat here. Oh, this is where I layer in here. Oh, this is where this character needs to stand out. So we have this depth and this backstory. Oh, this is how, and so it just keeps growing. And the second book is longer. I'm not even done with it yet, but I told my editor, it was like, and she's like, like how long? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to give it to you. And you're going to just decide what goes in it and what doesn't. Right, right. Kind of where we're at with it. I'm already going to forgive you. It's okay. I just, I just want it. <laughs> I always, I always look at like other fancy authors and how it's like debut, second book, third book. I'm, yeah, like, right. okay, I'm, on I'm on track. It's proportionate. You're like, like pushing Erica. the envelope a little with each release. You're like, how much can I get away with? Like, like I, honestly, I honestly just write the story as I see it and what I think needs to be happening. And, and to me, I don't write a scene that doesn't need to be there. Like if I put that scene in there, there's a reason. And it's not just because whatever our character's doing right now, let's talk about them going to breakfast or things like that. Like to me, each scene has to has to move yeah. either the relationship along, the plot along, or you know, whatever, whatever we're doing. And I remember I wrote the last letter, which is like one of my first longer books, and I turned it in and both is the same publisher. Um, I've been with him forever, was like, This book is this book is so long. And I'm like, it is what it is. And then my agent was like, it's so long. And I'm like, okay. They're like, well, it has to go on shelf space because you buy shelf space, right? I didn't know that. I didn't know that Okay, you purchase shelf space. And so the thickness of your book takes up a certain amount of shelf, uh, of space on that shelf. And then they both read it in a night and they were like, there's nothing you can cut. I'm like, I know that. You're right. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't trying to just be like, here's a long book for the sake of long book. Like, no, it is purpose. Um, right. In the second book, I think, you have well, the first book has such a large cast, it really does. But when you think about going back into a second year, well, now you have the first yeah. years. Plus, so you need like, like more characters because you got to like up up the ante, right? You can't. You got to add add new levels of interest because otherwise, you know, not all readers want to. I mean, I would be fine if it was the same characters, but that's like the reason why. Like, you got to keep things interesting. You got to keep adding new new scenarios, new. Um, new elements to uh, because it's like we're already past that now what's the next the next step up yeah and I struggled like I'm probably much like the Tom Holland of authors over here my publisher's like (laughs) stop it um I wrote the first like 95,000 words the second one um and I've never had a book you know go in hardback before let alone have so many people reading it and being like this is this and I'm like "Ah, um I'm just in my my basement reading you know like literally I'm in the basement I always tell my husband like there's a troll in the dungeon because where where I'm at um but I came back into the second book and I immediately was like well we have to you know you have to up your stakes if you don't up your stakes like it's no fun reading but also you you can't really repeat parapet yeah it doesn't scare her she she's dancing across it yeah toward the end you you can't repeat threshing you can't repeat presentation you've already established that the second years aren't as scared. They're more yeah. settled in. They're more. So you get more like a, like a psychological aspect um, where it's like, how, how do you still have friends there knowing that they're going to go and, you know, knowing now what Violet does and what's going on, you know, with the school and how that takes more, more of the precedence because first year they thought I'll tell you most of the first years, that's where your that's where your highest risk of dying is. 
And so you have to look at it and be like, all right, well, how am I going to not kill these people, but also kill these people, but also right. it's been super fun to, to develop the world. I think is the best way to put it to kind of, well, yeah, like you have to push yourself to get a little more creative with it too. You have to be more creative and you have to think like what's creative and what's logic. Right. So like yeah. logically, unless you're going to, and we're in first person. So unless you're going to hop into a first year's head and you're just going to repeat what you've already done, no one wants to do that. You have other obstacles coming. So for knowing what she knows, and I can tell you this, it's not, I don't think it's for knowing what she knows, you have an obstacle of, we're going to kill you for what you know. Yeah. And there's a line in the second book. That's like, you know, secrets, secrets aren't really good leverage because people who hold them die and lose their leverage. Mm -hmm. So you immediately have an upped Annie, but the world is just so much bigger in the second book that it's kind of hard to not be like, by the way, it's longer. <laughs> it, just, it just kind of is. So you're just like, surprise. It's okay. Like <laughs> It is. And it's fun. And things like um, people who hate certain characters or will hate certain characters by the end. It's so funny to me because I already know where that character's going. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, give him a second. Right. <laughs> I'm like, hey, like just hold up. Let's give the man a second. Um, as I like to say, it's a boy, but it is super fun. I will say that it is super fun to go to work every single day, getting to write dragons. And I still write contemporary. So I still, I write for Montlake as well. So I will always write contemporary because no matter what, I will always be in some situation where I get an idea. Do you know what I mean? And suddenly that idea just goes and I know that I'm going to end up writing a book for it. But man, is it really, really nice to actually get to go write my first love? It is it's super, it's super incredible. Like that's yeah. Dragons. Yeah. Who want to write dragons? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, cause I'm just like, look at it. It's hanging out on my, on my desk here. And that's why I'm like, like, I hope my husband gets around to reading it. So then I'm like, like, okay, like we'll talk about it. <laughs> I, hope so. um, I always wonder, cause it's romanticy is what they call it. Like that's the new okay, catchphrase, yeah. right? Romanticy, which is like romantic fantasy. And I always wonder like, will it speak to, well, it speaks to guys. My husband likes it, but my husband's like under a moral obligation to like it because he sleeps with me, right? Yeah. So like, <laughs> if you don't like it, it's not going to go so well for you tonight. But, yeah, right. um, <laughs> but I always wonder if it'll if it'll cross that because it does have that romance subplot. It does. Yeah, it's got the spicy scenes. Um, so just a couple more questions before yeah. we wrap up here that our time flew by so quickly. All right, I'm going to talk um, no, it's okay. I just, no, I, I, I love it. I feel like we could just go down like so many rabbit holes here. Um, so what advice would you give to Violet? What advice would you give to Zayden? At the, what stage in the book? Uh, they're different people. And if also, if, if they're not different people by the end of the book, you didn't do your job. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I would say... How about the end? Because, you know, maybe try your best to be spoiler free. Because I know if they listen to you at the beginning of the book, there'd be no book, right? So... Right. Um... At the end of the book, I think my biggest advice for her going into book two would probably be hold on to, to hold on to your humanity as long as possible. And um, into that giving away, like what happens at the end of the book, like give the man a break. Um, <laughs> I would probably tell her there's a fine line between self-preservation and self-destruction when it comes to her relationship with Zayden and, and things that happen in the end that throw a giant you know, wrench into, yeah, into that yeah, relationship. Yeah. So yeah, I would say that Zayden, I would say therapy is an amazing thing, <laughs> right? Like therapy that the man has some trauma, like he just has some trauma and he doesn't know 
he doesn't know how to let someone love him. And he doesn't know how to handle the like the feeling of actually being loved. And so it's fun, like in the second book, to watch him just make mistakes where you're like, dude, you wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't have done this last year. And, and like, and I think there's times where she says that, like, you've never done this. And he's like, I didn't love you before. I have problems. For him, my best advice to him would be not you can't save everyone. I mean, he know he knows, he knows that. Um, just let Violet be Violet. It's probably, probably what would get him out of so much of what is going on right now is let Violet be Violet and, and, and maybe stop withholding information, whether it's like accidental or intentional, like just sit down and have a conversation. Yeah. (laughs) It's definitely new territory for him, for sure. It is. And it's super fun to see. And I had like, it's, it's at least for me, it's super fun to watch because, you know, I can't wait. Like I said, like I, I loved watching him step out of his comfort zone a little bit and and being caught off guard i loved it I yeah he gets, <laughs> he gets dragged there let's put it that way like he gets dragged where he's like i know and it's fun to watch them make mistakes and i think she's kind of like violet's kind of flawless in the first one not like perfect but like her decision making is always sound she never makes the typical heroine mistakes that you see where you're like no dude and then the second one there's mistakes that are made, you know, because there just are. So it's really fun to watch them kind of yeah. find find their way. So yeah, absolutely. But if okay. I could tell them that, we wouldn't have a book. Like let's exactly. just be honest. Like sit down and be like, if you guys would just have a conversation. You're right. <laughs> and I'd be like, tension is solved by chapter two. You could avoid all of this. Like and now, right. And my editor would be like, why is this book about them going for ice cream? Right. <laughs> Not ice cream. But do you know what I mean? Like like why does anything happen oh because they had a super healthy discussion and uh everything's out in the air and they're on the same page and we're ready to go right (laughs) you know and they're 23 or she's 20 or she's 21 in the next book and he's 23 so yeah right oh my gosh i i love it i can't wait so uh rebecca yaros where can uh readers and listeners find you online and on social media Dude, I'm everywhere because they make me um, <laughs> legit. Like I, I'm a huge, like actual introvert. So social media is as much as you're going to get me. Um, so I'm at RebeccaYaros.com, which is a really easy way to find links to my Facebook, my Instagram. Um, I have a reader group on Facebook called the Fly Girls, which is kind of poetic now because I yeah. wrote about helicopter pilots and now dragon riders. So it's still there you go. Um, I am on TikTok. <laughs> but I mostly use it for cat videos. <laughs> I'm really bad at like marketing myself, right? Um, if you can't tell, there's like some awkwardness there. So you can come find me on TikTok. Like, please do. I'm sure I'll post announcements, but uh, I'm not going to be your most entertaining person because I'm there yeah. for the cat videos. That's okay. That's okay. If any, you know, the readers love cats. So <laughs> like, I didn't know it was like an algorithm thing. So my videos get pushed out to people who like cat videos in the, am I the asshole questions, right? Cause I love other people's drama. Sure. So, <laughs> if I throw a video out there, it's not getting to my intended audience. <laughs> but I still enjoy it. I love TikTok. I just lurk and I love to like listen to reviewers and what reviewers think. And I just kind of lurk and like tiptoe out. So yeah. I'm not, like, disrespectful, but yeah. I you're love- just like, you're yeah. I love that word lurking. Cause you're kind of just like passing by, like peeking and then like being on your way, like just, <laughs> I want to know. So I want to listen to reviewers, not about my books. I've learned the lesson. Like if people start talking about me, I'm like, peace out. Like, unless my husband has watched it and been like, this one is safe. 
No, because I'll be on the floor, like under my desk with a bottle of wine. But um, I love to hear what reviewers say about other works so I can hear what are we looking for? What are what are causing problems? What is working? What is not? What is how do I not stumble into, you know, traps or making sure that I'm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Find me all those all those fun places or the local hockey rink. (laughs) Typically where you will find me. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Okay, Rebecca Yaros, uh, Fourth Wing. It comes out on May second. Thank you so much. This was, like I said, we could have like just. I feel like we could talk for hours about all of this. It's such a a joy to talk to you. And like I said, I'm I can't wait for book two. I'm 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 rooting for you. Rooting for Violet. Rooting for Zayden. All all that good stuff. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me and chatting with me. And there you go. That was Rebecca Yaros talking about Fourth Wing. And for those of you who know that book is available now, um, the sequel, Iron Flame, was released last month. Um, You have two books in this fantastic series. I think there's going to be three more. um, But go ahead and and get those two books out. You can get started. Probably have plenty of time to finish before the third one even comes out. You know, go ahead, check out the show notes and places where you can find uh, Rebecca online and on social media. Rate, review, subscribe. While you're out there on social media, please do find Cantina Book Club and give me a follow. Like, click that button. takes literally a second to do that, and it helps me out. Um, And then also, if you need book recommendations, go ahead and check out my book reviews on cantinabookclub.com. If you like the books that you're reading, go ahead and head on over to Amazon and Goodreads and give the authors a rating and review. It really does help them out. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening.